Anyway, my name is Christian, and um, I will be um, I will be giving you the, the message today. Um, and um, I'm going to start off uh, with um, a little story about my mum and dad, if that's all right. Nice, isn't it? A little bit of a bit of history about me. Um, when my mum, my dad, my dad sadly passed away now, but when my dad um, lived this planet, he was a Manchester United fan. Um, so some of you like that, some of you don't. But uh, we'll, we'll, move, we'll move past that for those that don't. Um, and uh, my mum couldn't care less. My mum was not bothered in the slightest about football um, and certainly not about, um, yeah, well, not about Man United. Um, over the course of their marriage, as she got to know him more and more and more, um, she got more interested in it, and so uh, she's probably now at the place where she's more bothered about Man United than I am, which is bizarre. I do like watching that, when, but actually, they do in my head in at the moment, but I do like and I have enjoyed watching Man United, um, but uh, my mum, over time, got more and more engaged, more and more passionate about Man United, and to the point where she was as just as much passionate as my dad was. Um, so, well, I'm just telling you a story. That's nice, isn't it? It feels like it's got absolutely nothing to do with the Bible, I know. But uh, we are talking today about the following question. Why pray? Jesus, and in the, right the way through the Bible, we're encouraged to pray right the way through the Bible. It's assumed we should be praying. Um, and certainly when Jesus mentions it, it comes up a lot. Um, one of the things that uh, he says is the following in Matthew 6, verses 9 to 10. Maybe a prayer you learn at primary school if you're old enough. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm going to stop the prayer there, but it does obviously go on. Um, and so um, that is, actually, that's probably not the, I don't know, maybe this, maybe isn't. Um, that is the, the start of the Lord's Prayer. So my question is, why pray? What, why? I, I don't get enraptured in things unless I've got a why. I need a why. I can't just do stuff. I can't just tick a list of things off and go, right, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that. That is really not motivating. I need to know why I'm supposed to pray. All right? Is that fair? I, I want to know why. What's, what's the point? Why does God want us to do it? And then we can examine this on many levels. And firstly, really, it's, it really comes down to relationship with God. It comes down to communication. It comes down to the fact that prayer, if we break it down enough, is about talking to God and it's about listening to him. It's not just about transmitting Okay, so it's not Twitter or X or whatever it is now. It's not about transmitting. Okay, so if, if our understanding of prayer is, well, we're just going to talk at God, then that's not really a two-way relationship there. You may have people in your life where that's all they do to you. That's not a relationship, though, is it? That's just, uh, I'm just talking at this person. And that's not what God's after. If, and that, if that's our understanding of prayer, then I guess you might be finding it a little bit dull. It's about talking and listening. In fact, Jesus came to the planet to open up that relationship. He came to the planet so that effectively there would be a pathway that came right the way through to God so that he died on a cross that everything that was in between us and God could be forgiven. He died on a cross so that our sins could be forgiven, our shame could be forgiven, that we could come directly to him through the cross, through Jesus, and that we could have an everlasting, loving relationship. Yep, that sounds good, doesn't it? 
We're all on board with that so far. So it's about relationship. God desires us. If you read, ever read Philippians, you get bored and read Philippians. Great book. Um, written in prison. It's probably the most joyful book in the whole Bible. And, he's, and, and Paul wrote it in prison. Um, and, the, and the word rejoice and the word joy, it just comes out of that all the time. And what you get out of that is that God desires us to rejoice in him. God desires us to enjoy him. God desires us to enjoy our relationship with him. Okay? This was never supposed to be anything other than a joyful time. He's supposed to be your best friend, not a, oh, here we go again. But actually, this is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be an enjoyable experience. This is supposed to be a time where we can enjoy exploring more and more of the aspects of his wonder, getting to know him more deeply, getting to know him more intimately. And that is how we're wired on the inside. Yep, it's true that we are wired to be more and more like that, people of prayer. He says in Psalm 63 that God's love is better than life. Now, that's some statement. But basically, it means that there is nothing in life that you can experience better than the love of God. All right? Yeah, that's good, isn't it? All right? So, I mean, and because it's on tap and you can have God's love anytime you want it, then that's a better thing than anything else. All right? It's not something that you have to save your money up for. You can experience the love of God and you can enjoy the best thing possible. Now... Let's get back to, you'll see why I started with the story. Because as we enjoy loving relationship with God, as we enjoy more and more time with God, we start to care more and more about the things that God cares about. Make sense? Yeah. So as we are spending time in his presence, the things that are precious to Jesus start to become precious to us. The things that he's bothered about start to bother us. The things that he is really caring about in this world that we start to care about intrinsically becomes something that really moves us. And so therefore, the more we start to pray into those things, therefore, we become more and more passionate and we pray those things as well. Our hearts become moved by the things that move Jesus's. Make sense? Because we're spending time with somebody that is incredibly important to us. As um, was just said on the stage there, loving God is the number one command. And it's as we spend time loving him and being loved by him that we're molded into that way. We feel God's love for others more and more as we pray. If I want to have my heart moved for John Guppy, if I want to love you more, John, I just need to pray for you more. And that will happen because I will start to sense what God's heart is for him more and more and more. Sorry, I put you on the spot there, didn't I? I didn't prepare you for that. I, 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 I didn't pick on you, Dean. So um, the more I love somebody, the more I pray for someone, the more my heart will be growing in love for them. And because you, you get a sense of where God is feeling for them. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. It's just the way that we're wired in that way. It's the way that God is wired. In our hearts, impossible situations start to become possible because we start to see things the way that God sees them. Mm. So you can look at something and go, this doesn't look doable. But as you pray into it, God shows you why it's doable because he shows you that he can move his supernatural powers into a situation and make a way where, to our minds, it doesn't look like there is a way. 
So it comes back to my question then, why pray? What impact does it have? Maybe I should put it like that. What impact does prayer really have? Because I think if I really grabbed hold of this, then I could, uh, we could all pray a lot more. If, what impact does it have? If God is all-knowing, right? Because that's what I believe he is, yes? Right? If God is all-knowing, doesn't he know already everything that we need? Yeah? Is that a fair comment? Yes. And if he's all-powerful and if he's all-good, won't he do it anyway? Yeah. Yeah. So why do we bother praying? Oh. <laughs> It's gone very quiet. Well, there we are. I, I, I need to convince him. Maybe a different question. Does God's will automatically just happen? Ooh. Does it just happen? Does God's will just go, there we go, everything that's happening. Is everything that's happening on the world right now, is that what God wanted? All right, okay, so everything that happens right now isn't necessarily God's will. Everything that's happening right now isn't necessarily what God wanted. And we could tell that right at the start of the uh, verse that I said. God asked us, Jesus asked us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If God's will was already taking place on this planet, then he wouldn't have instructed us to pray that his will would already be taking place. Does that make sense? It's happening in heaven. What he wants is it to be happening on earth. If it doesn't look like heaven in front of you, Let's pray. Does that make sense? Maybe a different way of looking at that verse, but that's the situation. Let's get heaven onto earth. Let's pray that heaven starts to invade earth. Let's pray that heaven's principles start to invade earth's principles. Let's pray that God moves in the earth and makes it more like heaven. Amen? Yes? Okay, good. Um, you see, if we start to think that God's will is always happening then we can get into this mindset that any event we see was God's will. Yes, and that's quite dangerous because we can start going, oh, I forgot to go shopping today, but it looks like it was God's will for me to order out a Domino's. <laughs> yeah, which it isn't. I hope you think that anyway. Yeah, so it's not right, is it? Yes, we don't think like, help, tell me you don't think that way. But, uh, but there we are. It's, that's called fate theology, by the way, not faith. Um, so do be aware of that. We don't think like fate. We shouldn't think like fate anyway. So we've been instructed to pray. And we looked at the church's vision last year, which uh, this year, sorry, last week rather, um, which we were talking about that we, we want to take the power and the presence of God into every street. We want to see people healed. We want to see people saved. We want to see people discipled. These things only happen by the power of God. These things only happen as we pray. These things only take place as we lean into God, as we trust into God. Does that make sense? Yeah? We have to pray if we're going to, we have to tap into the supernatural if we're going to see God's will come to the earth. Is that, yeah? It's the only way possible. If we can do church, if we can see the kingdom of God come without prayer, then something's wrong. If the church is growing and no one's praying, and something's a bit weird. We've just created some happy club. And that's not right. People need to create, you know, it needs to happen through prayer. It needs to happen as we um, tap into what God's got for us, into his power, into his presence. And that makes a huge, huge difference. So we have the Lord's Prayer. That's the start of it all. It's how Jesus told us to pray. 
And I want us to grab hold of that Lord. I've prayed the Lord's Prayer now. I've had that God would say, give me a nudge to pray the Lord's Prayer. And I feel like he's probably, uh, I probably must have prayed it since lockdown, actually, every day. I, I'm not li- religiously, do you know what I mean? I don't do it like, just tick it off. But I pause on the, the, particularly every verse and just, I just stop on it each bit. I, I just find it such amazing structure for prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I just, I just spin off into all different areas of my life just on that little bit there because we're praying in heaven into earth. I'm praying in heaven into every area of my life and into the church's life, into your lives. That's good, isn't it, when, as I pray for you guys as well. Um, so, so it's an important part. But I come back to it again. What impact does it have? What impact? Because it could be just, well, I've got my own little prayer time, but it's not really doing anything. So we'll have a look at what the Word says. James 5, verse 16 to 18 says the following. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. How righteous are you then? So silent sometimes. <laughs> the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. How righteous are you? And there's the answer. Thank you very much indeed. This is not a game of I need to be more righteous. I'm not a Christian enough yet to see my prayers answered. This is not a game. It's not a verse of if only I was more righteous, I'd see more prayers answered. You are righteous. You have been gifted righteousness. Get hold of this, please. In Romans 5, it says you have been gifted righteousness. The righteousness that was on Jesus was transferred to each and every single one of us on the cross. Yes, it's your gift. It's who you are now. You are righteous. You cannot help it. Everywhere you go, you are righteous. Now, I'm not saying you will be perfect. I'm not saying everything you do will actually be a righteous act. But intrinsically, you are rewired now. You have got a righteous spirit about you. Amen? Yep. That's who you are. That's your gift. And God doesn't take his gifts back. So this is who you are. You are righteous. So getting back to it then, the prayer of a righteous person, that's you, is powerful and effective. You're as righteous as Jesus. It's good, isn't it? That's amazing. You're as righteous as Jesus. So how powerful were Jesus' prayers? Have a think. <laughs> We've got some time. <laughs> I've not got any more to talk about. No, um, when he prayed, did people get healed? Yeah. When he prayed, did people get set free? When he prayed, did people get raised from the dead? Yeah. He was pretty powerful, I like to think. Yes. He managed to do stuff that other people weren't doing when they prayed. So that's how powerful our prayers are. Our prayers can accomplish supernatural feats. Grab hold of that. Our prayers can advance the kingdom of God. Our prayers can bring change to the planet. Our prayers can mean that the presence and power of God fills the lives of people around us. Amen? Yeah? We might not see it every single time we pray, but that's the truth. We grab hold of that truth. That's the power of prayer. We'll have a look at some other stuff soon, but let's just have a look at this first of all. Let's just grab hold of it. Because so easy to allow our doctrine to be affected 
by what we experience. I prayed and nothing happened, therefore my prayers aren't powerful. You with me? Because I'm sure that everyone in this room has prayed and not seen their prayer answered. Yes? And it's so easy to get that and go, well, it didn't work, so therefore I'm not as powerful as the next person or whatever. It's not the truth. The truth is what the Word says, and we need to keep coming back to that. I'm going to uh, go to the Old Testament, have a quick look at um, a story in Exodus 17 um, where the Israelites uh, were being attacked, or there was, a, there was a bit of a fight anyway, we'll say. Um, and Moses goes up on a hill to pray while Joshua does some fighting. So um, it reads like the following. While the, the people of Israel were still in Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what God Sorry, Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands, so his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. Now this is a clear parallel to prayer. If you read through the Bible, hands being held high is an idea, is every time it says that, it's about prayer. And you, you go through that. I, I lift my eyes, I lift my hands. It's about prayer. We're looking to God. We're looking to depend on God. We're looking to trust in God or to rely on God. Every time you see that in the Bible, it's discussing, it's talking about prayer. So every time Moses is praying, what we have is a situation where the army of Israel are winning. Every time he's not, they're not. All right? That's the fight that's going on before him. So there's a few there's a few things that I want you to break out of break out just pull out of this. There's a whole preach in this, and I'm not going to have time for this. But the first one is that prayer brings breakthroughs. Okay, it brings they bring victory. God moved as Moses depended on Him. God moved as Moses trusted in Him. In fact, prayer and trust go hand in hand. When we pray, we are trusting the situation over to God. Yes? That's, that's, the, that's the reality. If I pray into something, I'm trusting God with that situation. I'm saying, God, I, I, a lot of the time when we pray, we're praying about stuff that isn't in our control. So we're trusting God with that. We're saying, God, I, I trust you with this scenario here, and I don't know what to do with it. You get a, there's a choice in life. You either worry or you, or you pray, basically. I saw on some church I visited, why pray when you can worry? That's an option. <laughs> it's probably not a great option, but, uh, but there we go. Um, so we're giving ourselves over to God. We're trusting God in prayer every single time we pray. Um, and, and certainly in this story, what you see is every time he lifts his hands, every time he depends, every time he trusts, every time he relies on God, then slowly, it doesn't happen straight away, but slowly the army starts to win. It starts to happen bit by bit by bit that 
they win the fight, they win the war, okay? As they pray, part by part by part. If he doesn't pray, what happens? There's no, yeah, there's no victory. There's no, it doesn't work. So there is this whole scenario that's taking place in front of him that there will be no victory if, if Moses goes away. Sorry, I can't be bothered today. I'll roll in and have a lie-in today. Yeah, it's not going to happen. So there is this pray and you'll see victory. Don't pray and it's not going to happen. And you will see this in your own lives. You'll see this in your own uh, walk with God. You'll see this in your own relationship with God. You'll see this as you try to advance the kingdom of God. We need to depend on him. We need to rely on him if we're going to see God move. Does that make sense? Yes. There is a huge connection between relying on God and trusting in God and seeing him move in your life. We can't be self-reliant and think, well, we'll do it all ourselves. It'll be all okay. So this is a fantastic story just in that. But we have to come to prayer. We have to turn to prayer. It's certainly a lot easier if you're desperate. I would imagine he was quite desperate then. So you're quite desperate. I need God to move. So he's, he's, he starts praying, um, and he just keeps on praying until the end. And it's, 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 a great, it's a great testimony. It's a great sequence to see the impact that prayer actually has. They're in a desperate place, but God moves for them, and he, and he comes forward for them. We had a, a situation, this was years ago, we were buying our first house, and um, we could afford two houses in the whole of Cheltenham. Um, we'd been married a year at this point, and we could afford two houses, and it was £50,000, this house. Think about that now if you're trying to find a house. £50,000, and it, we just had enough, the mortgage, the, the bank were just about lend us that, that was, the, that was the cutoff. We couldn't afford a house bigger or more price than £50,000. And we could do it. We had enough of it in the deposit. We did that. We got everything cleared and cleared and cleared. And, um, and everything was good. And we were within days of completing, I think. And then they sent the surveyors. Do you remember the... You, I've not bought a house for ages. Sent the surveyors round to the house to make sure it was all good. And it had rising damp. Um, now, these are the days when you had to put it right if you were going to buy the house. It's flipped round now, I think. Is that right? But you have to, I had to buy, I had to get the rising damp fixed if I was going to buy, if I was going to buy the house. So we got a couple of quotes, and the cheapest one was for, I can remember the figure still, the cheapest one was £1,500. And we just had it, literally, on the nose, we had £1,500 in the bank. We couldn't move in with a fridge, we had no fridge, we would have no cooker, we would have no freezer, we'd have none of that, but we could get in. We could get in the house... And we just uh, stuff the rest of it. We'll just have to see what happens now. But we're in. We're in and we're there. So great stuff. We'll buy the house and we're there. And I'm happy. That, you know, we, we, it's all right. Don't worry about everything else. It's cold. It's winter. We don't need a fridge. It'll be all right. And, and, and be, I don't know what we're doing about cooking. <laughs> but uh, but that, was my, that was my mentality. Come on, hands, let's do this. And, um, and then I checked the quote again and it said plus VAT. I was like, oh, no. Because you're not allowed to borrow any money. You can't borrow any because the, the mortgage company go, ha, 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 you can't afford it anymore. So um, we're like, ah, oh, that's an extra 300 pounds for those who want to know 20% of 1,500 really quickly. So we needed 300 pounds, and we needed it now. And it's just, I, I was like, I had a friend around. I said, with stuff, we can't buy the house because we can't borrow it, can't do this, can't do that. He goes, oh, it's all right, just pray. So it's very easy to say that, isn't it? It's really easy. Oh, just pray. It's really easy to say just pray when you don't need God to move. It's like that very, it's like maybe, 
Oh, just pray into it. It'll be all all right. Yeah, right. Thanks very much. So, I said, well, there's nothing we can do. I prayed. God, I mean, I don't want much faith. God, please move. We need you to move. We need 300 quid. I didn't know what was going to happen. I went to work the next day. I worked in the insurance in these days. I went to work the next day. I thought, I'm not going to ring the estate agent saying we can't buy the house anymore. I dance. We're like right at the end of this thing. But then the estate agent rang me around lunchtime. And he said, the weirdest thing's happened. The person that's selling you the house has dropped the price of the house by 300 pounds. Don't ask me why. We'd already agreed the price of the house. <laughs> but he just thought he'd be nice and drop it by 300 pounds. I went straight to my atheist friend and said, guess what? <laughs> Even he went, oh, fair play, that's very good. <laughs> so there we go. Anyway, yeah, pray. That was the story. So, but sometimes you're desperate. So at uh, the point two, prayer can be a fight. Prayer is often a fight. Um, so we will often experience opposition the most when we are trying to pray. Have you ever wondered why there are so many distractions all of a sudden when you choose to pray? Is, that bit, is, that, is it not just me, is it? Yeah. I, I don't like tidying, but all of a sudden I see things that need tidying. That's just weird. So just be aware that if you go, I'm going to lay this time aside to pray now, there'll be a ton of things all of a sudden that look really important. And they're not important at all. But um, be, aware, <laughs> be aware, prayer is a fight. And it, and it is a fight deliberately because we've already said that, that your prayers are powerful and effective. So some of them want you to pray. Yeah, because you're causing some damage there with what you're doing. The third one, Moses needed two people either side of him to hold his hands up there. We need each other. We need each other in the Christian world. We need each other to pray with each other. There's a massive, massive corporate thing with Worship with prayer. And we start again with the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer starts, our Father, not my Father. Yes? Your kingdom come. He goes on like that, but then he will say, uh, give us this day, not give me my daily bread, and so on and so forth. It's a corporate prayer. So we're called to pray together. Yes? Forgive us our sins. There's all of this, which is an us part of it. So there's a massive part where we need to support each other in prayer. We need to, and as, uh, yeah, pray for your pastor, because they were praying for, yeah, anyway, moving on. Um, you can just, I just put that one to one side. Um, the fourth one, how long did it take? It seemed to take a whole day. It was till sunset that he was being prayed for. He was, he was up praying, rather. So we need to persevere. We need to persevere in our prayers. He didn't go up on the mountain, start praying, and bang, it was all sorted. Yes. So a lot of the time, we don't see prayers answered immediately. A lot of the time, they take a long, long time. And so he had to pray for, <coughs> for the whole day. We may not see immediate results. You probably won't see immediate results, to be honest with you, straight off. But do believe that God is always with us. Let's be do believe he's always working. It makes a huge difference. He had to stand with his hands in the air, like that. Have you ever tried to worship for five minutes with your hands in the air like that? Try it on the last song. See if you can do it. All right? Your arms get tired quite quickly. You had to do it for a whole day. <laughs> and with a staff. So it's, it's going to take a while. So, yeah, just five minutes. Um, but yeah, you might not see results straight away. You might not see things happen straight away. But God breaks through as we pray. We, um, as, as has already been mentioned, we're running an alpha, daytime alpha here. Um, this time round again, 
Um, in November, we were discussing launching it uh, back in, you know, we always forward plan it by a couple of months. Um, and usually you've got loads of people wanting to go on it. This time we had nobody, absolutely nobody at all. And I think it came to mid-December, and I was talking to Angie about canning it, thinking, well, there's nobody that is interested this time. I felt like God had said to do it, but I just didn't get any results at all. But I hadn't told Beth. You don't know this. I hadn't told Beth. So she stood up on the Christmas one. There's 150 people. She stood up on the Christmas party one, and she said, Alpha's running in January. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I've got to do it now. Um, we have nobody back. We have nobody down to do it. So I'm just like going, dee, 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 dee. It'd be fine. It'd be fine. God said it's going to be fine. And I kept, but I really, honestly, I jolly well prayed. I was like, God, well, please, we pray. I, you know, Samuel, still nobody came. Nobody, nobody, nobody. This time last week, we had nobody signed up to do Alpha. This was the one for Friday. Nobody signed up to do it. I was like, okay, let's just keep praying. Let's keep praying. And then one person came to me at the end of the service. I was like, we've got one. Can't run it with one, but we've got one. That's great. By the end of Wednesday, we had seven. So you pray, yeah? <laughs> and we pray. And it's God moving. It's God that gets the glory because God's moving in people's hearts and he's moving in people's uh, lives. And, and, and people are, are, are getting um, curious. They want to know more. And that's God moving in people's hearts. Yes. But what I'm saying is that we keep on praying into life. We keep on praying into situations because perseverance makes a difference. And we're doing prayer and fasting at the moment. Um, and this week coming, um, we're going to be praying for breakthroughs. So if you need breakthroughs in any area of your life, is it um, job, health, um, any area where you're looking for breakthroughs, I come to Tuesday's meeting. Please, we had a great first one last week. So look at that as well. Um, I just wanted to talk very briefly about fasting. Fasting does not change God's mind on anything, okay? It doesn't twist his arm. Sometimes I get this, I'm not from you guys because you're ace, but I've, I've heard in the past um, people trying to twist God's arm. And, they do, and it's like God, God desires your friends to be saved more than you do, all right? God desires his kingdom to come more than you do. So we, we need to understand that we're not trying to twist God's arm by fasting. Look at me, God, I've fasted today. It's not about that. It's literally about, and it's not about dieting either, by the way. It, it literally creates space in our day for God. It creates space in our day to pray. It creates space in our day to hear his voice far much more than what we would do normally. So what we find is that urgency and passion is awakened inside of us as we do this. We find that we ourselves are changed as we do this. As we spend more time in God's presence, we just tune into his voice in a better way, in a deeper, in a deeper way, we become much more sensitive to him. So we find that prayer and fasting, it does shift atmospheres in a way that is incredible. It moves obstacles. It brings breakthrough and freedoms. It brings healings. It brings release. Jesus mentions in a story that prayer and fasting was essential um, to heal this, this child. Um, I don't know if that's in Matthew somewhere. So it's, there's obviously something that's taking place in a deeper way, that, deep, uh, that taps into a deeper spiritual way than we're not, uh, we don't always see. So 
As we've already talked about the vision of the church to intentionally build, to intentionally transform community, then prayer is going to be absolutely essential in this because what we need is to trust in God. We need to rely on God. We need to depend on him for his presence and for his power. And by doing that, we will see the church's vision manifest around the area. Now, I need to talk about this. What if you don't see your prayers answered? Because we did talk about this a little bit. Um, and this is the, the part as a pastor that I, I, I need to be careful with um, because I can ramp up your faith and go, oh, God wants to answer your prayers, and yes, he does. But there are always times we have where we are not seeing the answers that we want to see or we don't see the breakthroughs that we want to see. And in those times, it is absolutely essential that we guard our view of who God actually is. Okay? Because it's very, very easy to pray, not see what you want happen, and then your view of God becomes distorted because we can see God through the lens of experience. And that really is my heart in this prayer, in this preach as well, is that we come back to the truth of who God is in his word, that he is always good, that he is fully loving, that he's faithful, that he's true, that he's got our back, that he's always with us. And sometimes there will be mysterious things that we can't understand, where he doesn't seem to be doing what we would want him to do. Yes? But he still remains the same. He is still faithful. He's still true. And, and, and he's still good, whatever we see. So don't view God based on our experience. View him based on what the Bible says. And, and, and stick with that truth. Please stick with that truth. And as we do that, we'll root down much firmer in the foundation of who God is rather than, why is it not all working out for me here? Does that make sense? Yeah? Because it can be quite messy sometimes, life. Uh, but it doesn't mean that God's changing the goalposts left, right, and center all the time. Yeah? And so that's really important. Keep soaking in his love. Keep coming back to the truth that you're loved again and again and again. That keeps our hearts safe more than anything and protected, sometimes in the most confusing of times. You have to read some of the Bible to see they went through some very, very horrible times, some very confusing times. The disciples in particular were going through some absolutely horrific stuff. But they kept their view of God true. Okay? And that is what we need to keep going back to again and again and again. Um, so there we are. We find our soul satisfaction in relationship with God in prayer is how we're wired. I started with this, but I'm going to talk about it again. If all you get from this message is to try and pray more, we've missed it. All right? That's not the message. I don't want you to go home and go, right, I should pray more now, and try really, really hard to pray. Okay? It's not really the message, this. We miss what God desires. Everything God demands, everything God commands, rather, his Holy Spirit empowers. I'm going to say that line again. Everything that God commands, his Holy Spirit in us empowers. Okay? So if God's saying in his word, this is how I want you to live, he's given us a Holy Spirit inside of us to empower us to live that out. Okay? And that's essential. Now, there's two verses in, about prayer that I wanted to pull out here. One's in Zechariah 12.10. He says this. This is God speaking. Then I will pour out a spirit of grace, oh, nice, and prayer on the family of David and on the people of Jerusalem. Okay? 
There is a spirit of prayer living inside of us. Mm, okay? There's a spirit that wants to communicate with God. There's a spirit that wants to pray out. And then Romans 8, 26 to 27 says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we may not know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own word. All right? So, inside us, there is a Spirit of God. Okay? And he is constantly praying out to God. He is constantly praying through us. He is constantly inspiring and empowering us to pray. I want us to really grab hold of this towards the end of the message. Really understand that that's who we are. It's very easy for people to go, well, I'm not a person of prayer. You are. You can't get away from it. Because there's a spirit in you that's always doing it. There's a spirit always that's gearing you up to pray. There's a spirit always that's inspiring that. To, to come from you. There's a spirit in us that's constantly aligning us to God's own heart. Amen? It's good, isn't it? So we've been rewired to be people of prayer. You can look at yourself and go, I am a person of prayer. You are. You are a person of prayer because that's the person that God's made you to be. All right? And that's really, really good. Whether you feel like it or not, there's a Holy Spirit inside of you constantly praying out to God. Indeed. Praying in the Spirit, in tongues, energizes us. Okay? If you don't pray in tongues yet, we'll make an opportunity of that at the end. Because praying in tongues is, is, is uh, a, a, an amazing thing. I, I've gone through time and time again where I've felt no energy whatsoever. And I've prayed in tongues for 10 minutes, and I feel like just full of life again. Praying in tongues is an amazing, amazing part of prayer itself. But the Holy Spirit in us is constantly praying out to God. Believe that. And you will experience an increase in our prayer lives that will, that will be like never before. Faith comes before experience, always. So believe what's in you. Believe the spirit that's in you. Believe that God has given you that spirit because you'll see it, first of all, in your relationships with God and then you'll see it outflowing as you pray in his kingdom. Now, God desires to have a close Eternal relationship with every single person on the planet. That Obviously, prayer has a major part with that. But this is a relationship that holds the promise of complete peace. It's a relationship that holds a promise of joy, of hope. And we have been invited into that place. And I've mentioned already that Jesus has died for us on the cross, that we can have our sins forgiven, that we can be wiped clean. A fresh start. Today is a day for an important decision for a lot of us here. And in a moment, I'm going to pray, and you may find yourself in one of the three categories following. So can I have every head bowed, please, at this point, um, for you to listen in. The first one is that you don't know Jesus at the moment as your Lord and Savior, that you've never had a relationship with him, and you'd like to make today the day to follow him. You'd like to make the day today where you decide to receive forgiveness and begin a relationship with him. The second one is that you used to walk with Jesus and you'd like to reconnect with him today. You used to walk with Jesus and you would like to come back to him today. The third one today is that you're not sure of your salvation, that you're not sure that at the end of your life you'll be going to heaven and you desire passionately, you desire 
that certainty that Jesus offers. Now, if you relate to any of those three, please pray along with me now and repeat these words out of your own heart. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I ask you to forgive me for all my wrongdoing. and receive me as your child. I commit my life to you now. Amen. With every head still bowed, could I ask you to raise your hand if you prayed that prayer today? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? pray. Lord God, for those that have raised their hands today, we thank you for the incredible love that you have for them. We pray that you will pour out your presence, that you'll pour out your grace on them, Lord God. And for everyone who raised their hands, we ask, Lord God, that you will give them that certainty, that assuredness of their salvation as well, Lord God, that they can move on from this place knowing that they are completely and utterly washed clean and guilt-free in Jesus' name. Amen.